Hi, this is Heidi and welcome to Prompt Health Podcast, where each and every week we chat with health experts in medical, holistic, allied health and wellness as they share their wisdom. We believe everyone's journey in health and wellness should be personalized for them, as one size does not fit all. This journey to the healthier you can begin right now. Welcome back to another episode of Prompt Health Podcast and thank you for listening today. Hope you're all doing well and adjusting okay now that we're officially in phase three in most places and slowly getting out and going to places. COVID-19 pandemic has changed our lives for sure in a very short period of time and the reality is that for months we have all been hunkered down in our homes and for many of us This isolation has taken a major toll on us. So today, we're going to talk about mental health and how we're all coping with it. I've been talking to a lot of friends recently who keep complaining about how they're feeling lately. The general theme is the same for most, and that's the fact that most people are struggling. It's important to hear these feelings and thoughts so we know we're not alone. I've heard repeatedly lots of times from those around me that they find every day so mundane and just the same every day. They talk about feeling lonely, sad, anxious, or stressed. For some single friends, I keep hearing comments like, I feel like I'm getting depressed, just sleep a lot more. Or I just eat so much more and then feel like crap. Or I'm not really in the mood to do much, need to bail last minute. Or I end up binging on playing games on my phone or watching Netflix all day just to let the time pass. Or I find myself drinking every night. I never did that before. And those with families have other struggles with having kids and spouses around 24-7. I've heard comments like, I feel like such a bad mom because I get short with the kids, having them running around all day. Shouldn't I be happy instead? Or how did I marry him? Was he always like this? I can't wait for him to go back to work. Can't stand him anymore. Or I don't know what's wrong with me. I just find myself crying all day long. And now that we're entering a new phase and can start seeing people in small circles carefully, our interactions are just so awkward. We can't lean into a friend, can't shake hands, or even give each other a hug. For some, last time we were hugged was in March, when we learned about this new language of PPE, COVID, N95, and pandemic. Some of us are struggling more than others and handling it with some unhealthy behaviors. According to Stat Canada, Canadians who report lower self-perceived mental health during COVID-19 pandemic are more likely to report increased use of cannabis, alcohol, and tobacco in the past three months. This speaks to how some of us are choosing to cope. It's natural to feel stressed during times like this, and of course, all of us react and cope differently. We just have to notice, be aware, and start taking care of ourselves better. So we connected with an expert in this area for some insight. 
Paige Abbott, a registered psychologist operating Sana Psychological, which is a private counseling practice based out of Calgary, Alberta. She helps her clients with getting unstuck from problem relationships, behaviors, and feelings, offering mental health counseling, addiction counseling, and hypnotherapy. We are so grateful to have her here with us. Paige Abbott here, psychologist from Calgary. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Great. So Paige, we wanted to talk to you today about mental health because it's been such a big topic, especially during this time of COVID, everyone being at home and, you know, a lot of, um, you know, people suffering from anxiety and stress due to the situation and all the uncertainty that it comes with. Um, we know, um, and I know you have um, a special um, uh, specialty in addiction. So I wanted you to talk to us about um, your experience in terms of what you've been seeing and the trend and some, some tips for us. Yeah, I think that there have been some concerning trends in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, and one of which is I'm seeing a really high level of isolation and people being cut off from activities and groups and things that they have done in the past to support themselves. Um, so what that's resulting in for even people who recognize that they have addiction issues and who have been in even long-term recovery um, are finding themselves really struggling. And some are finding they're even relapsing with old familiar behaviors or even new behaviors, um, partially because their brains are bored, but also because they're having that stress build up and they don't have those healthy outlets for release. Um, for people who previously haven't really acknowledged having issues with substance, um, I've seen and heard people noticing that they're drinking or drugging or eating or gaming um, at higher rates than they were before, which again is out of a place of boredom, stress, as well as isolation. So those three factors um, are significantly playing into people's mental health as well as addiction issues, which is concerning. Um, now, don't get me wrong, there are people who have actually experienced a drop off in some of those behaviors and some improvement in their health as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. And those are people who previously were in environments, whether it was with work or family relationships, um, that were putting a lot of stress onto them. And so so in having more time to look after themselves and maybe be out of some of those environments, it's actually been quite helpful. So that is one tip I would pass along to listeners is to really evaluate your environment and to look at how is my environment the people, the places that I'm exposing myself to, how are they contributing to health? And also at the same time, how are they degrading my health? I would also encourage people to really try to be adaptive and flexible. So looking at what are the things that I need to feel mentally and emotionally and physically healthy and well, 
-hmm. And where can I get those at this time? So my gym might be closed. So can I go out for a walk? Can I do some exercise at home? Can I access an online class, whether that's free or paid? Um, so it may look different than it did before, but trying to still connect with those core needs. But again, being flexible and adaptable along the way. And I would also encourage people to really look at their engagement with certain behaviors. So not just the more obvious ones when it comes to addiction of drugs and alcohol, but also paying attention to how am I engaging with food, with media, so TV, phone, gaming, um, and how am I engaging with sex, those sorts of behaviors. Um, I suspect there's a big uprise and again, due to accessibility, availability, but out of a place of boredom, perhaps some stress, um, as well as that isolation. So if people can really start to look at those behaviors and maybe move towards some boundaries with those, that's always really helpful for mental health. Absolutely. All really good points. And the power of connection has been such a huge um, thing that we take for granted. And during times of like this, we realize how important it is to have family and friends around us, that people that we can rely on. Okay. Um, so what are the different um, modalities or practices that you guys use as, uh, as a psychologist? during times like this? Yeah, so my primary modality is talk therapy. Um, and in my talk process-oriented therapy, I draw on techniques from cognitive behavioral therapy. So I do like to get people looking at some of their underlying thought patterns, behavioral patterns, and connecting those to feelings, and also getting people doing some work outside of sessions, because of course, that's where life happens. Mm -hmm. Counseling is there to provide some support, feedback, and kind of a, a template for you to take back into your day-to-day -day life. Um, I also do draw a little bit from some modalities like solution-focused therapy, so really looking more towards the hope, the change, the growth, rather than just staying stuck and focused on the problem. Mm -hmm. I also draw on motivational interviewing, so looking at where are you at and what's that next step of change that's just outside of the comfort zone, um, but just enough that you can do it and it'll produce change, but not so much that it'll overwhelm um, and frustrate people. And I am also a 12-step facilitative therapist. So what that means is I do encourage people to consider looking at community support groups, including the 12-step programs, um, but that also can include other programs like Smart Recovery um, or Dharma or Refuge Recovery. So just looking at places that they can connect with peers who are also in recovery and who are exploring their issues with addiction as well. Very good information. Thank you, Paige. Um, any other tips you have for us? Or let's say if there was a takeaway that you want to leave people with during this time, what would that be? 
Yeah, I have a message that I really like to convey, and it's not just specific to the pandemic. It's a all-the-time thing, but just to remember that addiction and mental health symptoms are just that. They're symptoms. They're not part of people's personality. They're not personal traits. They're not choices. They're not willing, conscious, moral, ethical behaviors. These are symptoms. And the people who are struggling with addiction and mental health, they are doing just that. They are struggling too. And I know a lot of people um, really start to beat themselves up, wondering why they're consciously wrecking their lives and hurting the people around them. And family members and loved ones may be thinking the same thing, but the reality is that addiction is a brain issue. So it's a functional, structural issue. Um, it's chronic and it impacts all parts of self, including behavior. And so what we're seeing when we're seeing some of those destructive patterns is just that we're seeing the behavior as a symptom. And so I would really encourage everyone who's listening to appreciate addiction and mental health in that regard and come at it with that lens of compassion and objectiveness. So looking at what is the brain doing and how can I support myself or a client or a loved one um, in learning to work with that part of their brain, not keep fighting it or trying to control it. Absolutely. What we see on the outside, uh, on the surface, is just the symptom of much deeper layers of, of problems that need That's to right. be dealt with. That's for sure. And in your experience, have you seen what's the success rate you see with beating addiction and these kinds of problems uh, for mm -hmm. good? Yeah, well, I do view addiction as a chronic condition. Um, so much like diabetes, it's going to exist in someone's life lifelong. Um, so I can't say that there will come a time and a place that it will be gone completely because the organ that's impacted by addiction is the brain. And we're consistently living with our brain throughout our lives. Um, but the quality of life that's possible with healthy recovery for people with addiction far outweighs the quality of life that's possible with any other chronic disease that's out there. So the level of life that people can experience with health is amazing. Mm -hmm. So it's learning strategies and coping mechanisms. That's what you're saying. Partially, yeah. And that lifelong investment to physical health, emotional health, relationships, spirit, connection, finances, accountability, balance, um, cultural connection. It's a lifelong keeping a connection to all of those things and continuing to take action and recognize where the brain wants to take you off track. Do you find uh, people uh, struggling with mental health and specifically addiction um, tend to take responsibility um, or do they tend to blame others? It can be both. So as people get healthier, 
it becomes more about personal accountability and looking at their part, even in situations where it involves another person. But when addiction is more active, absolutely, the focus can be on blaming others, feeling victimized, just feeling angry at the world, Mm -hmm. um, which to me is a, a sign of where people are at, that they are really struggling. But as they start to get more well, there is that shift to personal accountability and responsibility. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Thank you so much, Paige. Very good information. We learned a lot. Um, for those that are listening, can you share with us uh, where they can find you? Yes. So my name is Paige Abbott, and I run a private practice in the province of Alberta, and it's called Sana Psychological. And you can find me at www.sanapsychological.com. And I provide in-person sessions to people in Calgary. That's where I'm located. Um, And I'm also providing phone as well as virtual sessions to anyone in the province of Alberta at the time of the appointment. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. As you just heard, our mental health does not define us. They're just symptoms, just that. Let's not treat our mental health so differently from our physical health. If we feel unwell physically, we do something about it. This should be no different for our mental health. Let's pay a little bit more attention to how we feel and if they're different than our normal selves and not going away, and then take some steps one at a time. Now here's the question. What would your first step be for yourself or for your loved one who's struggling? You've been listening to Prompt Health Podcast. You can follow Prompt Health on Instagram. Go to Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast or wherever you've been listening to this right now and subscribe for free if you like listening to episodes like this. We would love to hear from you and your rating and reviews would mean a world to us. You can find similar episodes every Sunday. Until next time.